And we're live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sheep Get Sheared podcast, where here we talk about people, politics, and of course, popular culture. I'm your host, Austin Creed. Ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you in to the most educational show that you'll listen to today. So I talk a lot about, you know, people, politics, and popular culture and all that, but here's something that I've touched on in the past that I want to bring up again. But I... I want to propose it to you in a way that's not meant to degrade you if you are in it, but I want to make you aware of the of what I consider to be a mass delusion and something that society won't tell you because society benefits from you remaining ignorant of this reality. You probably know what I'm talking about because of the title of this podcast, but regardless, I'm going to really hop into this today. And yes, I will cite statistics. I will cite data. And if reality offends you, you you tuned into the wrong show. If facts offend you, uh, I I can't tell you what else to do but call your psychiatrist and get your meds adjusted because you're obviously on them if that offends you. (laughs) Look, when everything is said and done, folks, ladies and gentlemen of the Sheep Get Sheared podcast, I have something I need to tell you. When it comes to dealing with people, I want to provide people with facts because at the beginning, they're going to upset you, most likely. When I was younger and I first got introduced to the often cruel realities of life, I resisted them at first. You got to go through the stages of grief. You start with denial, then you get angry, then you start to slightly, you kind of get sad and then eventually you accept it and you move on. You go through the stages of grief. For those of you who have never even started the process, you're still living in la-la land. You're still living in this reality that's fake, synthetic, that that you've been fed your entire existence. Whether it was through school, through your parents who've been programmed or wherever, You're not going to accept what I'm going to say today. And if you're a very religious person, you're also, you're going to think you are the exception. And all I can say is, I hope you're right. Because statistically, you're not. And it's very, very improbable. And nobody, I repeat, nobody walks into a situation thinking they're going to be a statistic. Everyone walks into the situation saying, I'm going to be the exception. I'm going to be different. I'm going to break the mold. I'm going to set the rule. Everybody's going to tell me that I was right. No. Well, I hope you're right. My first instinct is to tell you, you are very, very mistaken. But I hope you're right. Now, you may be asking me, Austin, what in the world are you going on about? What are you talking about? What are we even discussing here? Well, we're talking about the meltdown of marriage today. I've talked about how it affects men in the past. But I more want to focus on the institution itself, how it's been subverted, how it's been destroyed by the enemy within, and how it has been so, it's been stabbed, it's been slowly, the knife's been turned into it over the last couple of decades, mainly by the Marxists who hate the family, because make no mistake about it, Marx hated the nuclear family, Engels hated despised the nuclear family. They thought it was bourgeois. They knew that they could not get their agenda through as long as the nuclear family endured. 
which is why you look at the leadership today, you look at the Marcusi school, you look at all these different avenues, and everything is targeted towards the nuclear family to subvert it, to destroy it, and to replace it with the state. Now, I get it. That, that paragraph alone is more than you'll, you've probably learned in your entire life about marriage and relationships in general. But you could, I could literally do the next 20 shows on the paragraph that I just gave you. But I'm going to give you... You might not trust me. You probably don't even know who I am. You might know. You might be listening to me. So you might have listened to me in the past. You might be addicted to me and been to watch my show. You might think I might have some good points here and there. Which is why I'm going to let the statistics do the talking today. But if you still disagree with me after everything is said and done, I want your voice to be heard. Hit me up on Twitter at Austin Creed. Or you can literally go to the comments section of YouTube, Rumble, wherever it is you're watching or listening to the show. And you can let your voice be heard because everyone has a different relationship. And while the underlying foundation might be the same, it's going to look, the appearance might be different. The circumstances will probably be different, but the results don't lie. Statistics and data don't lie. Everybody goes through some variant of what I'm about to describe for you. Which is exactly why I'm not a huge fan of marriage. And that's why I'm writing an entire book about how if you're a man and you want to be single, how you can have everything you want and you can outsource and you can live your life without being married if that's what you want to do. Or at least have the option to know you have options. Because most people don't know what they, you can't know what you don't know. And most people don't know about this reality and they don't know they don't know about it. Savvy? I feel like I'm Captain Jack Sparrow out here. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I'm getting a call. This is this is reprehensible. But here, I'm going to give you some facts real quick. For those of you who are not going to accept what I'm going to tell you today. Well, I will let the statistics do the talking because you don't have to take my word for it. Oh no, why is my my stuff freezing again? Oh, I'm so sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Give me one second. My junk be freezing my stuff. There we go, there we go. Alright, here it is. According to Forbes Advisor, here are the divorce statistics. Here are the marriage... I'll give you marriage statistics in a minute, but I want to touch on this first. Because marriage is not what it used to be. Golly, people mean to stop calling me. I'm in the middle of doing a show. This is just, this is just unacceptable. Respect, respect all the people's time. All right, here it is. Key divorce statistics in 2023. In 2021, obviously they can't keep everything live because it takes a while to get statistical data in. It says a total of almost 700,000 divorcees Divorces occurred during the report, and it says during the same year, almost 2 million marriages occurred. Okay, okay, there we go, see? People would take that data alone and say that I'm wrong, because more people are getting married than are getting divorced, so obviously it can't be that bad. 
Oh, trust me, we're just talking about divorce. We ain't talking about those toxic marriages, those people who stay together for the kids, the the man the man who's been henpecked, the woman who's not happy. Oh, oh yeah, there's a lot going on over there. <laughs> there's a lot going on in marriages you don't know about. It says, how, here's a question they ask. They say, how many marriages end in a divorce? It's a common question, right? Well, here's the answer. So what about the famous statistic that half of all marriages end in divorce? That's a very generous statistic, by the way. The 50% is a very generous statistic. And I could go on a whole spiel about how that is actually wrong because they just take the marriages and the divorces in that year. They don't track the individual marriages. They just say uh, 20 people got married and 10 people got divorced. So the marriage to divorce ratio is 50%. Boom, done. That's basically how it's done. And uh, yeah, as you can imagine, not a great way of how that's going <laughs> to, not very wise or prudent. But nonetheless, here it is. It says, that's true, but only when it comes to the first marriages, half of which are dissolved. Second and third marriages, that's only first marriages. Second and third ones actually fail at higher rates than 50%, which is already generous. When do couples get divorced? So those of you who want to get married and you say, Austin, I don't know what you're talking about. My parents' marriage is okay. My uncle's marriage is okay. My friend's marriage is okay. I'm going to get married. Well, here's, I got some information for you. It says when marriages end, usually some time has passed since the wedding. Yeah. Look, I'll show you this real quick. I'll, I'll, I'll switching over to this other slide. Look at this. It says the average length of a first marriage and the United States clocks in at seven years. Yes, you heard me right. That's the average length of a marriage in the United States. And the first one, not even a second marriage or a third marriage. That's only the first marriage. Seven years is the is the median. Can you believe this? Most of these people get married for a second time, which can also end in a divorce. Second marriages have a 60% chance of ending. Again, very generous. And third marriages have a 73 chance of divorce. Now, again, you're assuming that the 50%, the 40%, the 37% of people who don't get divorced are happy. You're automatically assuming that, which I guarantee you is false. Guarantee you is 100% false. When's the last time you met a married couple who's like, oh my goodness, we're so happy, we're so in love, blah, 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 and they've been married for like 30 years or 20 years. Oh, what's that? Huh? Crickets? Yeah, I haven't heard it very much either. It says, while seven years is the national average, looking at, the, at things on a more local level shows that some areas are outliers. For example... Oklahoma has the highest divorce rate at 65%, while Hawaii has the lowest rate at 20. <laughs> I would love to see how that study is done and how they measure that. So you may be asking, well, Austin, that's how do you know that's true? Why, do we, why would a marriage end after only seven years? Oh, well, I'm so glad you asked because the answer is right here in this article. Now, this, these, this is an article done by a law, by, by a <clears throat> legal like by actual lawyers, okay? The people who know this stuff. My attorney's office. Here it is. Many factors can affect the ending of a marriage. Here's a, here's a couple of them. 
Some states have higher marriage rates. That's true. A couple with poor match in making and makes a wiser choice later. So in other words, uh, they grew apart. You ever heard that before? They, they grew apart. Yeah, that's what that means. Uh, kids are old enough to understand the divorce. Okay, okay. Uh, spouse goes to jail or prison. In other words, if she married Pookie and tried to change him, this is where she ends up. If she tried to marry a, a, a no-good Nick and uh, he couldn't change, they couldn't change, goes to jail. Infidelity. I love how they list that at the end when, in fact, it's probably the actually the biggest statistic out there, not the lowest. Because <laughs> trust me, you're probably asking who, well, who, who, who initiates a divorce? Why are you even focusing on divorce? Well, don't worry, don't worry. Calm down. I'm getting there. Oh, I love how they mention these two things last when, in fact, they're the most prevalent reasons. Uh, infidelity and financial strain or excessive debt. In other words, you tried to buy a house at 20. You tried to uh, get the kid. Suddenly, she's pregnant and you have a kid. Uh, suddenly, you're trying to pay off all these student loan debts because the interest is through the roof. Or she had a lot of student loan debt that you didn't know about. Or maybe you knew about it a little bit and it turned out to be a whole lot more. You stack on all this debt when you're young, thinking when you get out of college and you're just going to start making big meech money and y'all are going to combine. You're going to be the power couple, right? You're going to say, oh, I'm going to bring my 60K. She's going to bring her 50K. And we're going to be making six figures. And we're going to pay off all this debt. Um, well, that might work for the first couple years until you realize that, like I just pointed out, right over here, again, I'll go back to it. They say that mo marriages last an average of what? Seven years. And that's only the first marriage. Seven years on average. Now, they, they tackle the question as well of how many marriages end. Well, statistics say about half of all marriages end in divorce. Again, very generous figure. I personally think it's much higher than that because they're coming at the study from a wrong point of view, but whatever. You can take that as you want. Some studies claim this trend is changing in the 21st century, possibly because of the following reasons. Number one, people get married later, allowing time to consider partners more carefully. In other words, you if you're a woman, you get married later, it's because you've, you're trying to kind of rush out the marriage. If you're a man, you're you're thinking, you know what, I'm kind of getting the pressure. I kind of want to bring some stability in my life. I want someone who's going to be able to add to my life and whatnot. You think it's going to be an asset when, in fact, most of the time, it's not for either party, really. And I'll give you the reasons as to why in a minute. Uh, marriage is less of a social and religious need. Again, the religious leaders are losing the reins of the church and relationships are being wrecked. And this is why. Because society used to enforce marriage. They used to say, hey, you know what? The, if a, say, for example, if the woman wanted to go out there and cheat on her husband, her girlfriends would say, today, her girlfriends would be like, mm, yeah, girl, you go and you do that. You, it's powerful. It's this and it's that. Back in the day, they would say, oh, you ain't going to do You ain't going to go and do that. Because guess what? You're not, that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable by social standards, by religious standards. We're not letting you do that. It's not okay. 
They would keep each other in check. If the man was doing something on the side, his homeboys would say, bro, what you doing is not right. And they would handle it. Whether it's they'd handle it in a church setting, they'd handle it in a neighborhood community setting, didn't matter. Nowadays, you give them the abuse excuse, whether it be real or unreal, exaggerated or not exaggerated. And the next thing you know, people are saying, oh, yeah, yeah, just go and upgrade or yeah, you fell out of love, whatever, just move on. It's all good. That's what we've come to today, and that's part of the reason. That's only one of the, that's only two of the three reasons. You ready for number three? Number three is this: domestic partnerships and long-term partners have legal rights that do not require marriage anymore. This is also true. Common law marriage is a great example of that. But you might be asking, Austin, why does this matter? And who is even the cause of this? Is it the guys? Are they cheating on everybody? Are they throwing their wife to the side because she's old? You know, what's going on? Are the women divorcing the men? What's going on? Well, well, I have that answer for you. It's right here. According to the Whitley Law Firm, throughout generations, a common stereotype has been that women are usually the ones in a relationship who want to get married. Whether accepted or not, there is one fact that cannot be disputed. And that is that women initiate more often than men do on average. Now you may be asking me, Austin, how the hell can you say that? And even then, if I, if I do believe you, what's the statistic? Well, here it is right here on the screen. It says numerous studies have shown, in fact, nearly 70, 70% of divorces are initiated by women. And there are three reasons for this. It says, and before we get into the three reasons, look at this. That's only amongst the average of women, amongst college educated women, in other words, the ones who got degrees from university, whether it be a degree in engineering or gender studies or Afri Africano American studies or whatever, the number jumps from 70 to 90, 90%. So if your wife has a degree, your chance of a divorce is 9 out of 10. Yeah, that's right. You heard me. And you may be asking, why does this, how do you know that? Why would that happen? Not my girl, Austin. She doesn't go, she ain't going to do that to me. You're just bitter and hurt and whatnot. Okay. Well, okay. You want to know why? why? Why I would say that and why they would say that? Well, here it is. Number one reason. Women are more likely to feel held back by the marriage. Hmm. You hear that? Your wife feels held back in your marriage. How and why? Oh, well, here's the answer. The fact is that today women are working more than they ever have and make up a little more than half of the workforce in the United States. However, in many marriages, women are still seen as primarily responsible for domestic duties, despite having more on their plates in their careers. Now, this is an interesting, this is an interesting argument because I can see where they're coming from. But again, we're not discussing equal when it comes to the money they're actually making. We're talking about the hours that they're working. 
You notice how they don't mention that? I don't see it anywhere. And it says, I think that marriage as an institution has, has been a bit sl slow on catching up with the expectations of gender equality. Wives still take their husband's surnames and are sometimes pressured to do so. Uh, let me tell you something, men out there. If your wife doesn't take your surname, if your fiance says she's not going to take your surname, uh, cut that, cut that bitch off right now. Get rid of her. You know why I say that? Because if she actually did love you, love you, she would be thrilled to take your last name. I don't care if your last name is something that can barely be pronounced or it's out of the ordinary or even if it's Smith, who cares? If a girl really, really likes you, really wants to be with you, is really in love with you, she will be thrilled to be associated with you and your family. If she's just seeing you as a business and a meal ticket, she won't be. Ladies, I would love to hear what you have to say about that. I know you're going to tell me I'm wrong, but I know I'm not wrong. Y'all know I'm right, and that's why you're getting offended. I'm putting y'all on game here, men. For those of you who are listening to the show, you're getting a lot of game here. And I know you're not going to believe it all. I know you're going to think that I'm just bitter and I'm hurt, and I don't know what I'm talking about because I ain't married. That's okay. Don't worry. I know you're going to be back. I know you're going to keep listening to the show. I know you know deep down in the in your heart, in your soul, you know I'm right. And that's why you haven't turned the show off yet. That's why you're still listening. Because you know, deep, deep down, damn, I think he's right. I don't want him to be right, but he is. Yeah. Well, let's keep going. Number two. Women often take on more of the emotional burden. I don't, uh, I don't know about that. What does that even mean? What? Communication is key in any marriage. Uh-huh. But often an area where many couples struggle, generally men, are not taught how to communicate. Oh, oh, oh. The what is with the emotional argument? I don't get this. I don't get this. In my experience, the more you try to share your emotions with a woman, the more you're more vulnerable with a woman, the more likely she is to just ruin and jack up your whole life. Not because she's vindictive per se, but because you've made yourself vulnerable, you've made yourself weak, and women don't like weak men. When's the last time you saw a really strong man be completely vulnerable and weak? Answer, never. I don't understand that. It says, and number three, women are no longer tolerate, no longer tolerate consistent, unacceptable behavior. Now, this is actually true. And because they don't have to. Literally, if you're a man and you're treated like crap in your relationship, hypothetically speaking, you can't just leave. You can't just say, hey, you know what, you old, you, you, you're not on my program anymore, I'm rich now, I'm going to upgrade you and I'm going to throw you to the side. You can't do that. And I'm not saying you should, but I'm saying you can't even if you wanted to, regardless of whether it's moral or not. Uh, your wife, oh yeah, she can get rid of you and upgrade to a 25-year-old 
She could try to chase a 25-year-old millionaire who drives a Lambo. Oh, yeah. She can divorce you and hop on that dude's roster. She can divorce you after she cheats on you and take half your stuff and, and your kids and all the while gaslight you and say it was your fault when you were busting your behind. Now, I'm not saying this will happen to you. I'm saying it can, and I've seen it happen to people in my own life. And then they have the nerve to sit there and tell me, Austin, you're just hurt. And where are you meeting these women? Go on social media. Social media has been a tremendous gift to mankind because it shows you that people, what they say and what they do are often two completely different things. Marriage is melted down fundamentally because people, especially men, we've been put on game. We know what's going on. Those of us who know, we know. And the men who are in the dark are increasingly seeing reality. Now, they're getting shamed for it. Don't get me wrong. They are. But that doesn't mean that we're wrong. Because when somebody like me, get, for example, if you want to come at me and say anything I said was wrong, that's fine. I encourage you to do so. Because I don't know everything. I'm open to learning something new. But something tells me you're not going to come at it from a logical perspective. You're going to say, so you're going to bring up something anecdotal that has nothing to do with me. And you're going to say that it has everything to do with just one thing in your life that might be potentially be perceived as different when in fact, it's literally the same thing. It's just framed a little differently. My friends, the meltdown of marriage breaks my heart. And I don't make this video today to dump on marriage and say that it's that you shouldn't be doing it and whatnot. What you do is your business. I know I'm never getting married. I have no desire to do it. But let me tell you this. Marriage is the cornerstone of every civilization. The family structure is the, the cornerstone of civilization. It shouldn't be subverted like it is, but it has been. And no matter how many times I want to sit up here and tell you that it's still a good idea, I, I can't give you that. I can't say that because it's I can't lie to your face. I'm not going to do it. If you want to get married still, you it, that is your business, but do not walk into a relationship assuming the other person, whether you be a man or woman or anybody else, do not step into a relationship assuming the other person has your best interest because I can guarantee you they don't. They got their own best interest in heart because that's a human condition. Everybody does that. And anybody who says otherwise is either A, a bad liar, or B, clueless. I, I can't see it any other way. Now, I'm not saying you take this information, you get all upset and angry and hurt. No, you just, you see reality for what it is. And then you choose what you want to make of it and what you want to do with it. That is what you should do. That is what every person listening to this show, everyone living on this planet should be doing. They should be saying, hey, this is the way it is. This is the way it is. How do I want to approach this? What do I want to do with it? Because then, then that moment right there will define you. Then you will know, hey, if I messed up, that's on me. Because I chose to do X, Y, and Z based on real objective reality instead of being led astray. My friends, I want you to awaken from your sleep, awaken from the delusions you've been fed, and I want you to make decisions you can live with and ones that you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm, 
I'm, you know what? Whether it worked out the way I wanted or whether it worked out the way I anticipated, I learned something, I can live with myself, and fundamentally, I sleep better at night. That's what I want for you. Whether you agree with me, you don't agree with me, makes no difference to me. What makes a difference to me is that you are true to who you want to become and that you, at the end of the day, lived a life that you're proud of. That's all. That's my goal in bringing this up today about marriage. And marriage is a huge part of most people's lives. And that's why I need to point out to you that marriage for, the, for a large majority of the population has melted down. Is it savable? I don't know why you try to save it. No matter what you do personally, you're not going to change the mind of millions and, or if not billions of people. It can't be done. People will do what they want to do. End of story. My friends, it's been a pleasure. I know that you're probably offended by some of the things I said, and that's okay. But I want you to discuss it. I want you to not be afraid to bring up your experience and your thoughts on the matter. You can hit me up on Twitter at Austin Creed. Hit me up in the comment section of this video. But regardless of what you choose to do, remember this. It is up to you to decide what it is you want to do with the reality that I present to you. And I want you to, I want to continue to provide the reality so that you know what you can do with it and you decide how you want to live your life and you can adjust and learn and become the best version of yourself. Till next time, my friends, God bless you. God bless your family. God bless this beautiful country named the United States of America. We're out of here. Peace.